0: Have you ever noticed how movie stars and like rock musicians are always wearing sunglasses, no matter what? What's the deal with that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, my, my 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 pet theory is to keep the flashing lights of uh, photographers oh, out of their the, eyes. The
0: stars are bright. I always, you know, I have I've heard that, right? Like, uh, you know, I remember I remember not that I was alive. But I remember hearing back in the, the 50s and 40s and the uh, whatever, when film was coming out, the lights they would use were very bright, which I, yeah. I think they still are. So you would want to like uh, they're bright. So you'd have sunglasses, uh, which which makes sense. But my new theory is that other than it looking cool, that, you know, you, you know, your eyes like start to age first around around your eyes and everything. So you want to hide those. That's that's, mm. that's what I think.
2: Well, I did one time, just weird fact, I learned that, you know, Bono, front man of U2, right? Uh, he actually does have some type of like eye problem. And so, mm. you know, and, and he it's it is actually like some kind of medical, you know, need right to like block out certain types of lights and things like that. So it is funny when, <laughs> when you run across it, and it's like. Just the answer is the most obvious thing. Well, I, I'm really sensitive to light, so that's I guess, why I wear them.
0: I guess that was my other I, thought, is maybe those are all prescription lenses that they're wearing. Although I guess they're contacts or something. But I and, and I think a lot of them have glaucoma. Ooh. Glaucoma, yeah. <laughs> There's yes, a good cure for that, I hear. Or, or a sustaining thing. Mm, glaucoma. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how's Amsterdam treating you? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's all right. I, uh, it's cool enough here in August that I'm wearing my old Irish sweater which I think I bought two sizes too big and uh I'm not allowed to wear it in front of Kim but but it's it's uh it's fine it's warm and yeah you know uh there there were some degrees I don't know if centigrade is a thing where it was like and it was almost 40 or something no must be 30, 35 or 36 there you go yeah i mean i mean it wasn't like 100 degrees fahrenheit but that was that was last week and yeah. uh, now it is back to the normal temperature, which which is almost uh, it's almost like Bay Area temperature, except not as wet, if that's possible. Like it's a Sounds interesting. Good. Uh, it's it's the, a Mark Twainian type of summer thing. And also, uh, in other Amsterdam news, we found the good grocery store that's around the block. Mm. There's Whole Foods. No, there's no Whole Foods here. <laughs> but there, there, there's a serviceable gro- grocery store just uh, across the, the, the local canal called Albert Hein, or, or as, uh, as, as, as we try to keep calling it, Albert Einstein, like we just can't help ourselves. <laughs> uh, but, but we found another one called Vomer or Vomel, and man, that is a good grocery store, just right down the mm. street. There's another one for you D&D fans out there called Dirk. Which you might remember does the impossible D3 damage instead of a D4 uh, Dirk's okay. It's a little little lower lower tier, I think. I got some really cheap hangers there. It's really hard to buy plastic hangers here. You get wooden hangers, same price. Uh, but the uh, the other one we found it's good. It's got lot, lots of meat, lunch meat, things like that. It's very exciting. Tomorrow Kim might go to IKEA we're just we're finally fitting in. Wow. Things are normal yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think Dirk Dirk is known for their meat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let me know when you find the Costco. That's really what we're waiting on. We're waiting for the uh, review, the Costco Dutch review. Yeah. You know,
1: and I, I I went to the Costco here in Australia, and I've never been back. Mm, I, uh, wow. <laughs> tough love. Well, it's so far away. Yeah. And and Sydney's just an immense city. Like
0: driving across, it takes like two or three hours. Mm-hmm
1: and the costco wasn't that great sorry
0: Uh no they didn't Mm. have like local brands like fosters and uh and big shrimp
1: they did have prawn prawn yes (laughs) yeah they they don't call them shrimp here because they're big yeah um (laughs) that doesn't make uh, sense what are you an idiot i mean they had a lot more asian uh foods you know Mm. like i don't know um A lot more, a lot more Asian foods uh, in their selection. They got lots of Uh, birds in bulk. In bulk, surprisingly, yeah, they're mostly chicken, but Ah. you know, um, (laughs) but yeah, it it was, you know, beautiful. Listeners can go back and listen to that episode where I gave my recap, Uh, but haven't been back, and gosh, that's been a while, hasn't it? Mm -hmm.
0: Long time. You know, here's the other thing about the uh, the Dutch grocery stores so far. There's there's two things that are the same side of the, of the same coin. Same side, different sides of the same coin. <laughs> I think I think the expectation is that you go to the grocery store frequently, like we sort of go like every, at least every other day, if not every every day. Because for example, if you wanted to buy, let's let's just let's just say more than more than like a third pound of lunch meat, impossible. Like you just cannot buy like a lot of a lot of stuff at once. Even the milk just, jugs don't come in a gallon. I'm sure it's like a liter. Well, it's a liter. Yeah, <laughs> it's but, a liter. But you know they don't come in two liters, right? It's it's uh, it's kind of like uh, I mean obviously it's it's uh, it's uh, you know metric instead of the oddly named imperial system which the yeah. unimperial country uses. Well, I'm I don't know for how long. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I guess I guess the adbusters people can go climb up a pole and smash my window on that one. But anyways, uh, you know, like like the milk comes in this tiny container, and then my son my son is at this phase. Tell me if, if y'all's kids have this thing where he did this he did this, and I use this word literally. Literally, he did this literally tonight. He said, "Mommy, look!" and he poured a gigantic glass of milk and he drank it in like one chug. And uh, yes, you know, it's it's kind of like that's one. Congratulations, two. Uh, that's your third glass of milk tonight <laughs>
1: well yeah yeah uh i my my oldest has told me that he can't stand the taste of water and mm. must drink milk instead
0: well he's finally someone's <laughs> following the advice of a mortem joe he's not getting addicted to water
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah like first of all water doesn't have a flavor and secondly, oh that's what they say
0: about yeah. vodka matt ray <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so so we, we got to the point where I was like, this is your liter bottle of milk. Uh, this is supposed to last you, th- you know, three or four days. And he's got next.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, wow. Matt Ray rationing the milk in Australia uh, Feel, feels well, wrong.
1: Well, when the rest of the family doesn't get any. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I got to have something in my coffee, man. Um, oh, yeah. There
0: you go. That yeah. that is that is something you you gotta you gotta take care of. I mean, I know I know. Obviously, you don't need to, but I feel like I feel like there's a certain amount of uh, survivorability or, or resilience to use some sort of SRE term, reliability, resilience, oh, sure. and reliability. If you don't need cream in your coffee, if you can just have it black, like you're just good to go all the time.
1: I'm I'm sure that'll be at the uh, the SRE conference. Uh, the, that's going on this week in uh, San Francisco mm. or, or maybe that was at the, uh, observability conference last week. Observe- you
0: know, did, be, you, did you hear, uh, did you hear any tales from observability? How are they doing over there? Instrument?
1: Uh, they, they got all sorted out. Yeah. that's
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there, there were some,
1: <laughs> there were some threads, uh, that I saw, you know, I, I guess hopefully they'll be putting talks online soon. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I'm always looking forward to that because, sadly I could not make it from uh uh from Australia and uh it's not really you know, chef's not paying to send me to that conference uh mm. just yet.
0: But not not on your, your uh your expense reports wheelhouse, is that what you're saying? No. Not mm. yet. Not well hopefully yet. someone someone took uh, our suggestion for a uh, an an observability talk, which as I recall was monitoring sucks question mark? No, you suck.
1: <laughs> you know, i maybe maybe you can get that into monitorama. Ooh, monitorama! Um, hmm. Yeah,
0: okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Monitor. Uh, I, I think. That, I think. Do you think maybe in our jobs, I mean, despite what you just said, maybe we could get away with just going to like, let's say, if it in a, in, a, in our capacity, as someone suggested, we use, I use the word thought marquee. Uh, ooh, ma, marquee. I think it, is it Maki or Marquee? Maki is in Star Trek. But I, I don't know if that's the way you pronounce Mar marquee. Monkey. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thought monkey. <laughs> Thought monkey. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't think I think the word monkey you're not supposed to use anymore. Maybe uh, uh, maybe if you say uh, orangutan in the right way, what is it? Ar- ar- Orangutong? Ar- Orangatune? Uh, yeah, but that implies old man of the IT. So. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Neanderthal. <laughs> you got you got your you got your Neanderthal, and instead of brontosaurus, it's a potosaurus right and you know i'm gonna get back to whatever i was talking about but i've been reading this book about (laughs) dinosaurs to my son and he spins there's like people's careers are based on discovering that some some fossils that were previously identified as dinosaurs are actually something they call like proto-dinosaurs and and i'm reading this to my son who finally is eating it all up faster than he can drink a cup of milk and i'm thinking like yeah, but these are categories that you paleontologists just arbitrarily define. So what the fuck, right? Like like all you're doing is redefining these categories to be more, more narrow so that you have some sort of career-changing discovery down there in, like, Argentina. Or,
1: or uh, yeah, you'll, re- you'll remember that I'm the guy who made his career by defining the subcategory, mm. right? Mm. Good old tetrapods. Tetrapods.
0: Now, no, wait, what's a tetrapod? I don't know. I don't
1: remember. I that was I, I long took ago. a I, yeah. I I actually took like two or three uh, pale, paleontology classes. I bet you did. Uh, but sadly, uh, not applicable to my current uh, location here in New Zealand. What well, is
2: what? I think we need. There's some history there. What is your original bachelor's degree in Matt? Isn't it in something like, geology? Not tech? Geology. Yeah, yeah. If I, okay. yeah. Okay. So this is no, like I, the pre uh, the pre tech Matt was the geologist
1: oh that that was the problem. I was always tech matt um, you know i <laughs> i mean i I started coding in probably like junior high, um, maybe younger and was uh, I started in like civil engineering and architectural engineering and ended up in geology and did a bunch of and was working at a uh, environmental engineering agency at the state and doing a lot of computer modeling for them and you know I was graduated with the geology degree and I was like looking around like this isn't what I want to do
0: right so yeah
1: I got a geology degree but uh it was fun that's that's kind
0: it's of like there. the uh, kind of like the story of uh Andrew Clay Schaefer where you're sort of like modeling uh what happens when you uh hit a piece of meat and the vibrations that go through it and next thing you know you're managing me it's, it's, it's a perilous <laughs> path
2: <laughs> wait a minute so how how is that different like I don't understand like what's what's the difference there what hey? Is, he, that's, just, that's is good. he just beating you from afar? Just uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. seeing how you react.
0: And that? and now it's even better because they don't even need to monitor the outcome. Just just punch.
1: <laughs> mm, that that sounds like an observability talk right there. <laughs>
0: that getting back to that topic, maybe what we could do is we could get away with just going to like two to three DevOps days conferences a year to do our thought machine, okay. right? And then we're gonna go to and then then we're gonna go to Monitorama, Monitorama. And, yeah. uh, we, we could even have, I could even have an ignite talk about how do you pronounce monitor Rama versus Rama versus whatever. That would be good. And Ooh. then, and then we can go to the, uh, the, the, they still have that, uh, over there in Ghent, the configuration management conference. Yep. Yeah. We could go to that one too. And then I think, and I think maybe just to spice it up, we'll put in like Lisa or scale or something. And then, and then I think we can be done, right? You think that'll work?
1: Nah, uh, I mean there there's definitely a handful of folks who are you know living the uh, the conference track mm. and uh, uh, you got to go to even more though. Mm. I mean I think you're probably gonna have to average like you know two a week, and a that's week? a lot of conferences. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. who's
2: driving Matt? Like in your take, who's driving the observability thought leadership? Like I, I, don't, I feel like that's man it's been out there for a while. I, I don't know, but like who's like who's the, if the, uh, you know, if the, Je- uh, Gene Kim is the, the DevOps and that whole crew, it's like, right. who, who's really behind? Cause i I've, I've, I was just looking and I was looking at some of the notes and thinking about, it, I guess it's like honeycomb, right? They seem, I mean, are they the ones really kind of driving this? Is this like, I don't know who, where, like, where's this movement coming from? Cause I still, I don't know. I still kind of look to the side, like this feels just like another word. And then sometimes I feel like, well, maybe I'm not getting it right. Maybe I've just haven't, uh, haven't, you know been indoctrinated into this observability so i don't know do you see anyone out there driving it more than others
1: um i i mean definitely definitely honeycomb is is one of the um i mean i, I you know i follow uh 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 charity majors and stuff on on twitter and mm-hmm. a, a couple other the the folks the like, charity uh, rights ceo ceo c- founder is that what yeah they're? yeah like i think i believe there are two founders of okay. maybe three but two founders of honeycomb and they came from uh, charity was at Facebook and Parse, um, and I think that's where they probably met, or maybe at Google at some point. But uh, you know, uh, people who had been in in that world of you know, hey, we have amazing internal tools at you know Google or Facebook, and wouldn't it be great if we had other tools like this other places? And then you know, you leave that that place and you realize like, oh, this is what we needed all along. Um, so so yeah i think uh uh i don't know how to pronounce her name uh, sydney's uh cindy s Sridharan. um she's got a a couple of like you know really uh good articles uh that i've read um i think there's some some of the you know the short uh short books of of uh o'reilly likes to put out um but yeah you know it's it's kind of the the more refined edge of monitoring like Uh, We've talked about observability before, but um, if you follow, you know, Copy Construct on Twitter and uh, Mipsy Tipsy, I guess, um, you know, you're going to come across a lot of the current conversations. And, you know, obviously there's lots of other people, the monitoring people are starting to focus their conversations, or tailor them to be more, you know, in line with the current uh, zeitgeist around monitoring, you know, but uh, yeah. I, I, I think that they're, they're the ones behind the uh, the O L uh, the O eleven Y conference.
2: I, yeah, wish so, I modus, so maybe to summarize that, that is like you know the monitoring and scale, you know, from the kind of that has spun out into observability and you know, yeah, some of the people driving it. Because obviously we know, you know, a lot of the other people that we know, SolarWinds, Xenos, Datadog, you know, they're obviously in there as well. I don't I don't mean to mean that they're not saying that, but it's just it's just interesting, right? It's one of those movements I think people keep. I don't know. It keeps popping up, but I don't know. I'm not sure where I stand on it. If it's really something new or different, or if it's just you know, uh, new words the same old stuff. Mm,
0: very balanced take there. Need more information. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It should seems, have gone to the conference. It, it, se- it seems Next great. Next time. You know. You know. The more you can improve monitoring and or whatever you want to call it, the better. Because that 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 shit's a shit show. It's, it's always terrible. You know what's going on. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I always think, uh, you know, you gotta see if you can buy a book to just go back to that case <laughs> or, or whatever it is. And, and I, I, that, you know, that reminds me, I was, I was, uh, I was talking to Kim and I was saying, you know, instead of you putting the kids to bed so I can, uh, do the podcast tonight, maybe you should just pop in and you can, and you can be like, Hey guys, uh, Michael or Cote had me, cause she talks like this, said I could be a substitute. <laughs> and I think, uh, we could talk about code or angels or, or whatever you're interested in, and uh, and 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 do you, do you get the angels joke? Let me see if her theory is true.
2: Yes, of course. The be that we're uh, a callback to to Evidy and BMC, the sight angels. Oh, so you're is faster that you're, than me. I, she had to explain
0: is, is, it to me. I was like, what oh are you my talking gosh,
2: about? I don't know. You weren't. I don't know if you you didn't spend enough time in that uh, that dungeon, Kote. We need to get you back there. I think I think you got thrown off into like. Uh, the Mib, the Mib World, the Mib Dungeon. When you mm, like Mib parsing dungeon. Mibs. <laughs>
0: Love that place. And then
2: like, it was like, go in there and talk to Kote about weird-looking uh, uh, Mibs with crazy codes. Mibs and class paths. That's, that's, that's what right. I was
0: doing. That was the day.
2: That was, those were the days. Uh,
0: yeah. That was something. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, also, now that I'm over here in Europe, uh, just a short little note. So I think, I, think, I think when I was traveling over here, I would complain about this GDPR stuff. Or maybe it's GPDR. I don't know. They, they can't even get that right. And uh, I, know, I know they're trying to look out for my interests uh, and make sure that I don't get further sold uh, uh, out to people or, or, or whatever. But, man, it really is annoying. Like every single – I guess maybe it only happens once, but every single site you go to has got this little – they all have their own little pop-up of like, uh, you know, we use cookies and and some of them detail out like what they do and, and it's sort of like it's sort of like imagine if you will uh, lucky people who are not in the EU and ha- well i mean they have to deal with this imagine that uh, you know like when you update your software every now and then it has a new uh, term of service that you've got to you've gotta agree to and just imagine that if every time you went to a web page you had another terms of service you had ag- had to agree to i'm
1: already living that yeah i'm already living that i i so the the browser i use on my phone is uh the firefox um focus which is like always being in incognito mode oh boy <laughs> so every time it's like hey we use cookies to store information about you i'm like sure you do <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean I mean I, I I I just I just I just uh you know I wrote about this on Twitter once and someone got all upset because then they would lose control or something. But like I wish there was just a browser plug-in that was like, you know, yes and it would just oh. like agree to these things for me. That would be so nice. <laughs> or maybe it's there's some so sort easy. of W3C yeah. f- committee that can form up to be like the, you know, the privacy metadata in your your X headers and it can just
2: read that. Yeah, it's always interesting how these solutions, you know, while you know certainly legitimate problems, but you know this idea that we'll just provide people a lot of text and let them read it and then say accept, uh, somehow is 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 just in so many things. This is not just like uh, GDPR, but like a contract or buying a mortgage or completing anything. Right? Is usually we're going to put so much text in front of someone that they generally won't read it. And that is then constituted as, like, the problem solved, which is which is always so weird, especially when it intersects with IT, because we spend so much time talking about automation and making it easier for the user and, and all of that. And it's like we default back to all these, like, ridiculous terms of service. So it's just – I don't know. So I don't know why – like, why does the bureaucracy think that's acceptable when no individual would ever think that's acceptable? I think that's just like mm. a recurring uh, thought I always have when I like, look at these long terms of service. It's So, you know, it's, a, it's just a weird state we've come to.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, very odd. Well,
0: uh, you know, speaking of weird states, when, you, when you're running your applications and something doesn't seem right, you can't buy a book or, or your, your angels are falling down or something. Like, like some, something terribly is going wrong. You might want to uh, monitor it and uh, see what's going on. You might want to have already have something instrumented, observe it, sort it out. Do, do one of you two know something that you would use for that?
1: I do. I do. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Datadog. And this week, uh, they want you to know about trace search and analytics. Uh, trace search and analytics allow you to explore, graph, and correlate application performance data using high cardinality attributes. You can search and filter request traces using key business and application attributes such as user IDs, host names, or product SKUs so you can quickly pinpoint where performance issues are originating and who's being effective, affected. Sorry, slow day. Uh, tight integration with data from logs and infrastructure metrics also lets you correlate the specific trace events to the performance of the underlying infrastructure so you can resolve the problem quickly. Why don't you sign up for a free trial today at www. Datadog.com slash software defined
0: mm. You know, I wore my uh, Datadog t-shirt the other day for like three days. It held up perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I, uh, don't, I don't know. I don't know if, if uh, for those people who work at home, uh, you know, why shower? Like you, you, just, <laughs> you just wait until you physically feel like you need to shower because that's, that's time you're, you're, you're not spending doing other stuff. I don't know although it does feel satisfying it's just it's just hard to fit it in uh i'm a, i'm a busy guy i got a got a lot of links to read but uh but, no but that but but th- but that shirt very good it's a good it's a good uh it's a good not a, you can wear it during the day you can wear it during the night while you're sleeping it's high quality good stuff and it's got that cute little dog on it well uh so so uh i think we mentioned this last time uh there, there was a from the c n c f uh, container factory. There's a there's a serverless white paper now I I in true form I haven't read all of this uh, uh, yet but I but just before we started recording I, I read maybe like an eighth or so of it and there's a lovely little section on uh, use cases and then right underneath that what I'm getting into is kind of like differentiating between your uh, your your CAS your container as a service and your PAS mm-hmm. your platform as a service and it's uh, it's nice the white paper is pretty pretty dandy so far. Uh, I'll, I'll have to give it like a, a closer read for thing. I think I think it points out obvious use case media processing. Always comes back to to, to videos and uh, and media. Oh, man! And then and then there's the IoT stuff that's good too, like that. All sorts of uh, great stuff thrown in there. But it looks like it's uh, it's worth further investigation. And uh, and and then of course of course my favorite always is uh, you know there's mention of of being wear- weary of lock in uh, because everyone knows as long as you don't pay for the software that you use, there's no way you can lock (laughs) into it.
1: (laughs) That sounds about right. That's right. It's it's actually,
0: it's actually the money that makes your application not portable. That's otherwise it's very easy to move around. Uh, but anyways, that's maybe I'm biased. I don't, I wouldn't know, but have have either of you had a chance to look at that yet? I'm sure it's high on your list.
2: (laughs) Uh, I've I've looked at it a little bit. I think, um, I do kind of, I kind of come back to like when people outline the use cases, which is good. I think it's all the good stuff. But I, I kind of always come back to almost want to see, and if it's in here, I have not seen it. Kind of like these are the times definitely not to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the, um, because I think you know, kind of parallel to this is a a much, a much shorter thing. As I was reading, you know, Kelsey Hightower was tweeting out like one of his tweets this week was. Uh, uh, this is Tim speaking. Now I'm quoting directly from Twitter. I've increased my usage of serverless functions as a service platforms, and I'm convinced I'm missing something. After adding code to connect to a database, manage application configuration, and provide detailed metrics and tracing, my functions are starting to look like applications. Right? And it's like I think if you just like replace serverless with like almost anything, like you could just say like a build pack or like a Java application, or just any type of packaging. It's like it just becomes the same thing, right? It's just it's just saying I'm doing software development. Yeah, I wrote my code. and And so this is where I always struggle back to. And then when i and then, of course, going back to the paper, the question you asked is like all of those use cases are pretty much use cases you would see, I think, cited for like most major software development paradigms and platforms. Um, and so <laughs> so if it's just the platform as a service again. And, and, I, and I'm okay with it, right? If we've just all decided, I think I said this last week, right? If we've just all decided this is the right, this is the best way to do it right now, okay, that's fine. But as I watch these talks and everything, it's always like there's something new or different or better here. And I just struggle, like, you know, other than it just being a new way of doing what we've done for a long time, you know, like, w- w- what am I missing? And if someone could kind of, like, point out, like, well, these applications you just can't do, right? You'd have to do it this other way. Um, that I think that would help the conversation move forward.
1: Yeah, I, I think the, the things you just can't do are the things that are already written. Um what the the, the the new the new paradigm is you know if it's not core to your application, get it from the platform. You know, or get it from you know, and and when I say get it from the platform, I don't mean a pass. I mean, you know, if if managing a database is not what your application is why are you managing a database and and so that means well if you're running on on you know aws you're going to use rds or you're going to use the new uh, aurora uh you know co- container or whatever they called it um you know it's focus on just the parts of of your application that are critical you know to to your business and everything else should not be your core competency um that's, that's right, what we're that, getting to.
2: But I think that's like we've been saying that. Like, I don't know. I feel like since I've gotten we'll, it, yeah. since the advent of object oriented programming, and maybe even before that, the goal was always the same. Now, sometimes you had, like, it was like, hey, build your object model. Like, in, you know, if you will, encapsulate that from the database and try you know and try to like keep all that code in another place. So yeah. the fact that it's gotten simpler, right? That's great. I think that is great. So it's a little bit simpler. You don't have to install a database. You probably don't have to have people on the team, right? Like just dedicated to that, but like we've been doing this for a while. I guess the same thing you know, like in the job application service, same kind of thing. It's like don't, you know, don't write all these libraries yourself, right? Don't write your own string classes and, you know, out, you know, sorting and collections. Like use what's in the platform or use the networking. Um, so and which is fine. Like I said before, I don't say it so much as like it's a bad thing. It's just I I just think we could be like as an industry just be a lot more clear about it, right? Like, hey, this is the best way to write software applications today, right? And in ten years, there'll probably be something even better, right? And that's the normal way of thinking about how things evolve. But as we sit here, and that's kind of like when I was reading his tweet, I was just you know I was kind of like, what is. Like, is he kind of joking here? Like, what does he mean by this, right? Is it like, is it sort of like an, I think he's just trying to advocate for serverless, but it's like, to me, it's just like, you're just kind of advocating for software development. And, you know, if we just stop, you know, putting so much emphasis on this word serverless, it would probably be a lot clearer what we're doing here. Yeah. Uh, Or I want someone to explain to me what it is I'm missing. Like, oh, I don't get it. Like, here are some specific things that you do with serverless that you don't do in other places. And your point, Matt, I think is right on. What you don't do is all the stuff that you've already written that does not make sense to go back and rewrite, like all your VMware and your job applications and all that. Like that does not make sense to port over. So yeah, just maintain it in a different way. Um, and that is a great answer. That is the best answer I've heard so far.
1: <laughs> well, and 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 what you got from your platform has changed over the years, right? When 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 we started back at the uh the Site angel BMC days, it was like, oh, you know, the platform is J2EE, and you get by you know, by using this platform, you get this infrastructure pieces for free you know you get your jndi and and you know some of the application lifecycle management as long as you buy into this platform and what you buy into keeps getting you know it keeps getting more and more focused taking away your concerns as a maintainer of of an application you know now if i'm all in on on serverless you know i don't have to care about managing you know the the you know the database I don't have to care about managing the load balancers the you know the web servers all these things I'm getting for free from the platform I don't have to you know manage the routing of you know how my application of my services talk to each other you know I'm getting more and more from the platform for free you know finger quotes around the free but <laughs> that's that that is you know that is how this this industry has been progressing you know and you know, 10 20 years ago there was you know you weren't getting as much but you know we slowly we got away from bare metal you know virtualization gave us the the operating systems you know quote unquote for free uh and then you know passes and 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 later on you know containers as a services started giving us like well if you buy into all this you don't have to worry about these things and you know it's it's accelerating you know the the what you get from your platform feels like it's accelerating but it's also Running out of things to do for free. <laughs> yeah. So now, now we can just focus on writing our code, gluing these you know services from your platform together, not maintaining them. Well, you know, somebody's maintaining them. You know, there's they're servers under the serverless, but, um, but you're not you're not dedicating as much effort into the infrastructure as you were before.
2: Yeah. No, I think you're right. And I think, you know, like so maybe you said slightly differently, it's just like the functions framework, right? Is just loosely it's now even more loosely coupled to the platform, right? Because now you really you have your choice of language and you just have more choices where it's like, you know, to your point about Java yeah. 2e, right? You're like you're you're kind of locked in. Like you gotta write it in Java and you gotta do I mean, there's some things you could do otherwise, but it's harder, right? So so that part makes sense. I think it's like, hey, we just like we've abstracted more away from this, and now the level of competition is just, you know, the quote platform, right, It's just, you know, the cloud provider that you've decided to go with and what they provide. Like, do you like the things right. that they provide or are you willing to be cross cloud if necessary? Um, but I don't know. I, I, I like that definition a lot. But, you know, maybe I'm just projecting too much in. Like when I watch the presentations from everyone, it just feels like everyone's sort of, but there's more here. We just can't talk about it. Like it's serverless, and you're like, oh, I think I got it, but like, what else are you talking about? What's in what's in your bag of trips that I'm missing? So,
0: yeah. now now is this something that you can use for your quick con call iPhone app, Brandon? Could could you add a serverless <laughs> function that would like combine together the phone number for you? It'd have like a little a little you know, you'd have like uh, I don't know if you need to use some fancy database or you can just use some sort of bucket. You could have your file of like here's how you dial into the conference numbers. And then the people input, input into the app. Here's the number I need to dial. And then it goes a serverless thing. And then it sends back the actual string to dial. Is that is that something you could do?
2: Yeah. So it's you know, it's funny you say this. Like I uh, I have some ideas, you know, I've obviously been talking about for some other apps around serverless. That's why I've kind of been trying to learn more and play more with it. But um, you know, it's kind of an interesting use case just to talk about. It's like you know what in the world of um, you know like phone numbers and stuff are kind of as i looked into this there are a bunch of libraries i guess like there's this lib lib phone number library that's updated on github it's uh, by uh, google it's like part of their like internationalization project and so mm-hmm. what's interesting about it is like they have like a job it's implemented in java and you can like download it and, you know it's uh, i think the mit license you know anyone can use it but then people have ported it over to like every language like javascript swift mm-hmm. uh, all these things and Um, so what's interesting from that standpoint is that it is the kind of thing that would be very much, uh, and in the example applications that some some people have deployed, right. You can just get online and and like put in phone numbers and kind of see how it works. But, um, you know, the next evolution of like, quote, the GitHub of the future is just like, Hey, this could just be a service, right. What you do, what you just, what you said, right. You just pass in some numbers and it comes back with like, here's, here's the way to call this phone number from wherever you are. Um, but today, right? It's like you. It's just a. It's a just a library or a package that you incorporate into your app, and then Google and the various people that maintain the providers, like they update the quote metadata, right? So they just like literally update it, put it on GitHub, and then you know, everyone has to download a new version. So it's it's. Um, I think it's kind of interesting. Like, will we live in a world where people, or maybe in this case, this the functions world, where instead of just putting your code on GitHub and instead of just providing maybe an example app of how it's using, you would actually get to the point of deploying it. Like imagine something like you can quote free deploy something that you could use all the time, right? That would just be ready to go. Um, Cause I think about like so many of the projects on GitHub are that, right? It's just like, like you could just make this uh, a function service if it was up <laughs> all the, right? But then someone has to maintain it and pay for it. And, and you know, we haven't gotten to a point where that's like so cheap. That it's like, yeah, someone can do that on the side, like there are millions of people or thousands of people rather that do spend their time updating their libraries and just keeping them maintained on github for quote free, um, so that's yeah. maybe like something in five or ten years you know maybe well, maybe that's what you'll do you'll put a function out there and you know, you'll just keep it up and you'll just be do that as like your side project like people do with github
1: i i mean I, I think that's I think that's there so you know the most of the you know lambdas and, and such have free tier you know and it's it's a small number um but but you could and and i think um i even think there's a market a a functions marketplace for lambda um where where you can you know say hey i have this you know phone app function and you know uh clocks in at you know point oh 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 one cents a call or something like that and amazon will will do that for you so i i I think that's already there Mm. futures now man
2: SDKs. Well, I don't, I mean, but I think this is what it's, I think technically possible is what I would say, but like, I guess it's the mindset of people are willing to put something on GitHub and like maintain it, you know, some stuff for a long time, right. And put effort into right. it, but it's like going that next level where it's like, it's just, it's, it's sort of uh, you know, the de facto way of, of putting something out that is some type of web service functionality would be like, no, no, you don't just. You don't put it on. You can still put it on GitHub and share the source, but you actually make it available as sort of like the first thing you do, right? The first thing you do is um, not that like you could go do it, right? You know what I mean? It's like no, you actually do it because, um, like I said, I mean I think so many. I mean, not to be like too overly simplistic, but it's like, you know, like, I don't know, just like totally uninformed opinions, but like 50% of GitHub is like, take this piece of data uh, and make this JSON into this other JSON. And it's really solid. And it's just a lot more convenient if you use it. Right. I mean, it just feels like there's so many projects like that. And they're all, aw- I mean, they're awesome, right? Because you don't want to have to do all this yourself and you're, like, oh, Finally, someone figured this out. take this data, reformat it in some other way that I need it, and I can download it and you know just going that next step of like I don't even need to integrate with this service. I just need to request an API key and I'm done you know I'm ready to go um, that would be awesome. I think that would be you know a really phenomenal thing so if this marketplace of functions like a materializes it'll be you know pretty be pretty exciting there, there, there should be uh, i
0: think I think a, a, a good a uh, little ramen startup would be some sort of serverless hosted function that allows people to self sign up for Slack channels and in rooms <laughs> instead of having to figure out how to you know get it, get yourself a uh, a JJ to in, you know, no SSH JJ to install stuff for you. I mean that seems like that seems like a no brainer. And then and then the the people at Slack would be like, finally someone's figured out how to do this. It's been a big mystery of how you would allow people to sign up on their own for Slack channels without an invite. And that's probably easily, you know, what hundred million, <laughs> a billion dollar acquisition right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, that that's the other problem when it comes to monetizing functions. It's like, well, I can write this code and I could charge you what? A nickel, a call, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you're going to sign up your, you know, 500 users and I'll make 25 bucks. Uh, maybe. I mean, I guess that's, you know, yeah, uh, you
2: know, but, but I mean, put aside that, like if you look at how much free code you can get on GitHub and how many man hours goes into. Some oh, yeah, it, yeah, right? yeah. yeah, And yeah. it's like, so well, I, I mean, like that Google yeah. one is such a good example. Like, I mean, the the the, the problems like Google has figured out and parsing phone numbers is kind of like just amazing. You're like, shit, right. like these guys have thought of everything. Like there's like not a country code in the world. You can't give them that they haven't been like, yep, we not have parsed this weird ass uh, hyphenated phone phone number into something that means something and so then just taking the one step forward to be like okay guys you don't even have to like you know what here just give us the json because that's what it at the end of the day that's what it becomes like just give us the string and we'll give you this json back and here it is you can just use it on on here's the function and we'll just host it here forever because it's like for them it's like it's not it's in fact like it doesn't cost them anything it probably, it probably yeah. is positive in the sense of like they'd get people to like you know find bugs in their code right and just make mm-hmm. it a little bit better that kind it's, of it's thing it's
0: like it's like how, how a store will let you use their bathroom for free Cause, you, know, <laughs> you, you, might, you might just it's a sunk cost you might like buy something on the way out who knows
1: I, 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 you know I feel that way at every time I go into a McDonald's and I'm you know on a road trip or something I'm like I guess uh, I guess I better buy a Coke you Gotta you get know. an apple pie yeah, it's like, well, you know, thanks for <laughs> thanks for your services. I'm now obligated to buy something and uh yeah, uh, carry on. I mean, what, what's interesting is kind of at the the you know, we we I guess I briefly talked about my my college career as a geologist. Um it was the actual opposite end of the spectrum. Um <laughs> I'm dating myself here. You know, the uh, the 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 Berlin Wall had come down and the Soviet Union was kind of all this scientific content that had been, you know, locked up in Soviet Russia was um, finding its way out into uh, the Western world. And one of my coworkers spoke Russian and was taking these old Russian Fortran programs and wrapping them in win- Windows uh, UIs. And he was selling them for thousands of dollars a pop. You know, but it was literally just like taking someone else's code, wrapping it in a in an English UI, and then selling it to you know the five people who wanted mm. to to buy it. Mm. <laughs> so so you know there there's there's precedence for this market, and if if it's niche enough, you can you can find the buyers who will buy it for you thousand know, dollars. But uh, again, signing up for Slack, I, it's gonna be hard to 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 monetize that
0: one. You know that that's a that that would be a book that that I would I would probably never read but want to read is just like what uh, what was the effect <laughs> of the soviet like uh research ip diaspora I guess it wouldn't be a diaspora but just sort of like the unleashing like there, right. there, there must be some interesting stories of like uh I don't know what of something that was Oh like, yeah yeah like some so, knowledge so, that came out
1: All right so so there was a book I my uh uh my father was uh, retired military and um worked in uh reconnaissance and intelligence and stuff for a while and i got him a book um for birthday or christmas or something um about the maps that the soviet union had um of the u.s during the cold war Mm. and and it what happened was like as soon as you know as soon as you know the 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 whoever was in charge you know looked the other direction like these these top secret maps started flooding into you know western germany and and you know all these markets and the cia was just like scooping up as much as they could um and i i'll find it and put it in the show notes it was actually a really fascinating book just this this backstory of this you know diaspora of of information that you know had been locked up and people were paying, you know, oh, I'll give you $500. And then they'd turn around and, you know, uh, sell it for, you know, 50000 Um and, and literally, like, people, you know, with trucks full of maps and, and you know, top secret documents just fleeing military bases, you know, to meet with, with people. It Really, really amazing stuff. Mm, so I'll, it's, I'll look that up.
0: It's like that movie of the World War II people who are getting, like— <clears throat> pictures or art or something so so yes so so then yeah, so my, the, yeah. the obvious burning question were, were were there any hilarious inaccuracies in the maps or were they just like dead-on correct
1: uh there's probably a little pro- probably some inaccuracies but it's it's really odd to see like for example i lived in um virginia beach virginia which is near langley uh which is you know the CIA's big base um or it's it's a big air force base but the CIA's there and it's near Oceana Naval Station and Norfolk Naval Station it's a huge military complex and there were maps that had like my neighborhood in them but you know with mm. cyrillic <laughs> <It's
0: a> bomb <laughs> so, here first
1: yeah yeah <laughs> So uh, yeah, I'll find that book and put it in the show notes. It was it was quite interesting. Well, that's you delightful. Know.
0: Well, as 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 the listeners can tell, it's been a very very busy week in, uh, in tech <laughs> news stuff. I think I think that's... I think I think the main the only thing remotely technical was that uh, we learned we learned a new way of temporarily increasing shareholder value from that that Tesla guy. You just you just yeah. announced that your company's going to go private. At a premium, and then and I mean, I'm sure his the, the shares went up at some point. Have they, have they gone back down yet? I, I haven't really looked at that, but that's, uh, that's a ballsy move. Love it. Uh, I think the SEC's looking into that one. Yeah, yeah well, you know it's, it's, it, I, I was just telling someone this uh, this thing I learned. It might have been from, from from one of y'all someone told me about if you're a frequent business, business traveler is uh, if you're not missing flights every now and then, you're wasting too much time at the airport. You just, you just gotta, that's, that's a good way to gauge it. You don't want to be too perfect. It's, it's almost like, as I was talking with them, it's like the SRE principle of uh, if, if your service is actually, the closer to 100% reliability it is, the more you should damage it. So that just like back to Amortem Joe, people don't get addicted to it being reliable. You got you to make it yep. break every now and then. So and, so,
1: if you have strong opinions of, of the quality of airport lounges, you're spending too much time in
0: airport lounges. <laughs> mm, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, and speaking of that, that temporary uh, international one they have in Terminal D at DFW, it's like, I mean, I, for, for American, obviously, uh, yeah. you know, I appreciate the effort. That's, that's nice that they put that effort in while they're, they're redoing their main, their main uh, club. But that's that is, that is a weird that's a weird lounge they have set up there, but they sure are trying hard. <clears throat> well, uh, before we get to our recommendations, I think I think I think there's a few more links we didn't cover, which will be at uh, softwaredefinedtalk.com/144. Uh, we didn't cover one of my other favorite ones that my my old uh, friend uh, James Governor. I think he's he's trying to come up with this term progressive delivery which, yeah. that, you know, that sounds good. And then there was, there was a, uh, I guess it's not surprising because it's from this company launch Darkly or Darkly Launch or Dark Launcher uh-huh. or whatever. Uh, that probably showed up on your maps under Cyrillic somewhere. We're going to have a Dark Launch in Matt Ray's neighborhood. Uh, but, uh, you know, they wrote a pretty detailed sort of overview of the idea as well, but it's, a good, uh, it's good to wrap terms around things. So you should check that out. Uh, yeah that's good essay but we have uh we got finally there's a whole lot of conference finally I say that as if it's a relief I, I think I think between Matt Ray and I we're going to go to every devops days, not in the u s so. <laughs> you know
1: there's actually a lot uh i i was looking i was looking through the list last week um and there's one in central Russia in Kazan. Yeah. I was like that's the one I had to look it up to see where that was, yeah uh not going. <laughs> yeah,
0: there, you, there you go. Find, find some, uh, bring a truck to stuff documents in. They're probably long There you though. go. But yeah, 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 you know, and it is, I've, I've noticed over the past year, maybe they always had this and I just never noticed it, but they now have a page that lists all the open CFPs they have at DevOps Days, which is sure handy. I, I, I feel like I used to have to go and hunt down on every single page to find the ones that had uh, them open, but that's, that's, that's my pre-recommendation recommendation. The DevOps Days CFP page very exciting uh but anyways yeah so so there's uh there, there's even uh off-brand devops days i think that matt ray's going to the one in Sydney.
1: <laughs> oh that's that's um i'm going to devops talks. maybe i'm sorry
0: maybe those maybe those are, are devops days tribute conferences they're trying to uh-huh, you know... they're they're different
1: right so so devops talks um uh the guy who runs it uh igor he um he wanted he, he really likes DevOps days, but mm. um, wanted to have more cultivated content, single track approach to it. Oh, I like that. And, and yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's different. It, it's a little more enterprisey, um, but uh, they're, they're good conferences. So uh, I'll be at uh, DevOps Talk Sydney in, in two weeks with uh, our, our friend of the show, uh, John Willis. We'll mm-hmm. be there.
0: And Nathan. That guy's Nathan Harvey. Yeah. 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 Love that guy. He's always so yeah. friendly. I saw him in San Antonio once, of all places, at a conference. And, he just uh-huh. you know, we just spent some time talking with each other. It was, it was nice. You, you know, as opposed to me, where, like, like, I pretend like I don't see someone and try to disappear <laughs> and, until they track me down. I'm like, oh, hey, great seeing <laughs> oh, you. That was you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I prepared that speech so many times in my head. Thankfully, I've never really had to give it. Uh, but anyways. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then and then uh, you know uh, I don't know. There's also if if you're interested in uh, I was just looking at my schedule for going on a bunch of uh, little pivotal uh, conferences called Spring Tour. It's probably at springtour.io or something. Just search for Spring Tour, and holy moly, I'm going to be at a lot of them over in Asia, so that'll yeah. be exciting. You should stop in. Yeah, yeah, you should c- c- come and see us sometime. <laughs> uh, and and then and then uh, well, uh, you know. I, I, man, I was reminded of something I was going to aimlessly cover, but now I've forgotten it. So I'll, I'll save everyone uh, that issue. So also, uh, you know, as mentioned earlier, uh, obliquely, we have a Slack channel. Uh, if you're not in it already, you should sign up for. We uh, Usually when there's a lot going on, there's uh, more, more posting of topics we would talk about. And we have little discussions in there about uh, fun things. Like uh, we were discussing this idea of buying a room. For your uh, office, your officeless <laughs> office space, which which I think uh, is a fascinating. It's like a three thousand dollar room. You could buy a buckfeet over here that's uh, fully automated. One of these bikes that has a big big uh, a big trunk in the front of it and a big basket, and that uh, you can also have driven for you if you want for that amount of money. So uh, and then if so, you if you go to softwaredefinedtalk dot com slash slack, you can sign up there, um, and then. Um, we also have a lot of T-shirts, which are now forty percent off. We'll see if they can go any lower. I think I think we would have to send cash with you if if we. Yeah,
1: I I think they might be softer than the data dog shirts. Just Ooh. saying.
0: Oh, you could wear them Ooh. for four days, straight. <laughs> <laughs> I should I should road test that. Maybe I'll take a picture each day. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but also, if you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com, dot com, you can find a link to those shirts, and you should buy some they're uh, they're they're worth wearing and finally brandon has anyone else gotten stickers this week what's what's the sticker beat
2: yeah so actually uh andy from netflix he sent uh actually sent me a linkedin request and uh funny funny quick story he uh he reached out to me and says you know heard me mention that i went to uh school uh i guess you know elementary and
0: Congratulations, uh, high school,
2: school and uh in maryland and he said he's like he's like I, you know i think i know a, a brandon uh Richard from uh, so it turns out we uh went to middle school or we were he was a couple years behind me knew my brother so he was a it was good to hear from him but he's mm. now working at netflix right the home of uh, doing some engineering work i'm sure he's a part of all kinds of uh good projects he says he loves working at netflix so you know, another good place to work. But yeah, I sent them a whole bunch of stickers. And, you know, we've obviously have a couple of people sent a bunch of stickers out to the people at Netflix. So always appreciate them taking the time to listen and send in. And we've also uh, reinvigorated, you know, I guess we're on a season <laughs> approach to software defined interviews. So I wanted to put in a couple of plugs for that too. To go if you've, uh, if you've forgotten or you unsubscribe, go subscribe to Software Defined interviews where, you know, I guess right now it's mostly Kote and I, but I'm sure Matt will jump in there, interview a whole bunch of different people. Um, I published a couple interviews, one with Matt Bruchet on Amazon Go and tech marketing, and we just did a, a good interview with Chris Donaldson. who's a director of automation uh, for Axiom. And uh, he told all kinds of good stories about monitoring and automation. He uses Chef, so he certainly knows Matt Ray and JJ and the crew over at Chef. So he told lots of good stories. And going to have some other interviews coming up next week and the week after. I think, Cote, right? You've got a good interview. Mm, got to edit with, that. Uh, with, <laughs> with one of the, we'll just say with one of the Red Muck analysts. I hope that's right. Mm-hmm. Isn't that correct? Yeah, that's right. Someone, uh,
0: someone finally explains to me how numbers work. It's, it's, yeah, it's, and a, it's then, a fascinating listen
2: that's gonna be good and then um, I've even got another one up uh, we'll, we'll just let it someone from Google comes on next week so there you go we'll, we'll leave a little suspense so, so you can uh, you can go subscribe so yeah we've got a bunch of stuff so these are you know good to uh, as I like to think uh, when you're doing your chores you know there's timeless interviews you can basically <laughs> listen to them anytime you want anytime you're looking to to do that and and as always uh, please if you want a sticker I'd love to hear from the 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 audience just stickers at software talk.com and we will send you some stickers you can put them on your laptop on your tumblers or wherever you want to. So appreciate that.
0: And make sure to send your, your mailing address. That's key. Yes. Get, that's the key
2: thing. It's okay. Now well, I'm happy to just respond back with like, I will be happy to send you some stickers. got to send me your postal address though. Mm. You, know, you know, I, that.
0: I, I, my, I think one of my favorite parts of that interview you had, uh, was uh you know he was working at home depot and they would use you say axion i never know how to say that company's name and, th- and then he goes and interviews there and they're like are you familiar with us and he's like yeah i think last year i
2: was yelling at you on the phone because your shit didn't work <laughs> <laughs> yes that's a good uh i think matt you know i, I think matt you probably spent a lot of time with i don't know just people that work on automation and ops like there's just I, I, don't, I think it's like you love it or you hate the personality type. I just tend to love it. Like, just People are just very direct, right? Like, this is what I'm trying to get done. And, uh, you yeah, know, so, so yeah, it's a fun, uh, he, I think he does it. He did it in a nice way, but that is very, that is, I think, an accurate quote. Mm-hmm. So, And we should also say, you know, another guy I did, you know, I appreciate people uh, checking out uh, the QuickCon call off phone app that I bought, but uh, Anthony Shaw, I think over from, where does he live? Australia or New Zealand? I can never remember, Matt. Australia. Australia. So account. he's over there. Yeah. So he, he gave me a bunch of feedback, and um, you know, he, he was also talking about that Python is now in uh, Cisco routers, so maybe we have to get him to come on and tell us, now that Python yeah. is in uh, yeah. Cisco routers, Like, what kind of crazy stuff can we do? Because that, mm. seems, that seems simultaneously like, really interesting, but probably really bad. Like, there are going to be people writing some really <laughs> bad Python scripts, like myself, in your Cisco it's routers.
0: probably fine.
2: <laughs> so, uh, Snakes on a router. Yeah, so lots of good feedback this week.
0: Well, uh, that brings us to the last most cherished part of, uh, of, of our, uh, our podcast here, the recommendations. How about, how, about, uh, how about we'll go in the order that they're written in the, the show notes here. Brandon, what do you recommend this week?
2: Yeah, I mean, this is uh, by no means new, but, you know, summer, there's not a lot on TV, and uh, I, find, I found a way to get access to HBO. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, and so I went back and I watched uh, Westworld. Uh, which was, uh, you know, I think it's been out for like months. I, I watched season two, which was, uh, I, I will say like incredibly confusing. Like, it was really confusing, but I enjoyed it. And like, I didn't really, I kind of forgot what happened in season one. So I kind of caught up a little bit, but then even when I was following season two, I wasn't totally sure what was happening. So it was definitely one of those shows uh, that you should binge watch because like, I don't know how you would like keep track of this week to week. And then, um, and then what's great too is like all the analysis is already out there. So you can actually, yeah. mm-hmm. you don't have to wait. Like, people like you're always like what what is this And there's like all these people have written up their theories or answered all the questions so it's like it's almost like a good uh, library it's been out there it's been tested lots of uh, people have fixed a lot of the bugs and obvious questions so now it's a good time to go back and watch that so if you want I think it's 10 episodes so if you're looking for like just 10 episodes maybe like uh, half a transatlantic flight or trans pacific flight for Matt Ray or I don't know I don't know wherever Kote is flying you know if I get them halfway there you can like watch it and then you and then you can spend the rest of the flight like trying to read about. Out, like you know, what did that really mean? Um, so I enjoyed it. Check it out.
1: Finally, ahead of Brandon on a pick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll continue on yeah, uh, how about with, yourself? with with the picks. Um, uh, so so I, I found the link to that book that I uh, mentioned earlier. It was called the Red Atlas. Um, I threw that into uh, the recommendations if you, if you want to track that one down. Um, there's a podcast I listen to called Song Exploder. I probably have referred to it before, but uh I've now bought my third thing based off of that podcast. So uh an album called Singularity from John Hopkins. He's uh uh contemporary of uh Brian Eno. So if you're into the uh ambient electronica kind of stuff, uh it's quite good, quite good. Um and uh and then uh, my last pick is uh uh Dune. <laughs> There's a, a good essay I read about uh the quality of dune's fandom um how it's kind of a unlike unlike a lot of other kind of science fiction things it has resisted being um mainstreamed so uh mm. one uh, one of my friends uh you know very very big dune fan and you know we're like to this day still quoting you know the uh the david lynch movie
0: so yeah it uh, it's timeless dune have you re- have you read all those books not to be the book reading guy.
1: Ah, uh, I've probably read four or five oh, of them. Man. I mean, I, 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 they're a bunch, and it, you know, I've, I've probably read the first two or three like twice, maybe three times. Um, they held up, they held up, you know, because I read them when I was younger, and then I read them in college, and then I think I read them like, you know, the first uh, at least I reread Dune, uh, maybe ten years ago. But you know, um, high quality stuff. But you know, I, I know that his son has kept writing, and maybe some other people have kept writing, but um at least like the original series is is good.
0: Hmm. Yeah, they they had a TV show of that a while back, right? Did, did yeah, anything, yeah. Did I mean, with know, that? Yeah,
1: it's read, read the essay. It's uh, uh you know, talks talk some about that. Um I think there's even another uh, you know, another take happening from uh uh Daniel uh Vill- 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 Villanueva, the guy who did uh the Blade Runner 2049. Mm. So, I think he's going to try a take. I mean, it's one of those books that kind of resist adaptation. And even David Lynch's is, you know, two or three hours in the, you know, and he went Alan Smithy on it. So it's, uh, yeah,
0: Dune, quite a movie. <laughs> well, my, uh, I, I, I have, I have one recommendation and then two like mini recommendations. so i have I w I've, I've been working on this, uh, you know, improving the way you do software book booklet thing. And today I was thinking, I had some free time because the lunch got canceled, and I thought, uh, I don't really want to write anything new, so I'll just go back and, uh, as they say, polish up old stuff. And I thought, I should try that Hemingway app that everyone's always talking about. And, you know, it's it's useful. I think I resisted using it because I'm just like, I'll write shit on my own. I don't need some software to tell me what to do. But I, I think it was fun. It was fun to go through there and have it uh, sort of like suggest ways. You, or It didn't really even suggest ways. It just says, this could be better, which is kind of like the shittiest editorial comment you could ever get. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's still kind of helpful. Write harder. And some, sometimes it suggests things to do. But it tragically doesn't work with Google Docs. It's, from, it's, it's squarely in that whole markdown world, right, where they just don't acknowledge the existence of Google Docs. And they kind of will output a Word doc for you, but uh, man, it would be so much better if it just worked with that.
1: That that feels like a, a function as a service waiting to happen.
0: Ooh, see, the, it comes <laughs> it comes back around. It'd be perfect for serverless. We'll have the uh, the passive voice uh, serverless function. That you, you got to put that in there. I n- I never really understood why the passive voice is bad. That's that's a that's an annoying uh, thing. You need more forcefulness or something. You know, it, it, it is. It's, it's nice to have. I, I watched the second uh, season of Westworld recently. The TV over here is crazy, it's super cheap, and you just get everything. And I thought it was all right. I don't know. It was a little bit of a letdown. It was confusing, though. Anyway, so then you check out that Hemingway app. There's a free web version, and you can also buy a desktop application, uh, which, of course, I did because apparently I like spending money, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend the desktop thing. It doesn't really do very much uh over the web application especially since google doc integration doesn't work uh and then and then uh just two short things so i i finally uh signed but speaking of spending money i signed up for that uh, slate podcast plus thing is that what it's called brandon slate member yeah slate slate plus yep. yeah they've always got that slick announcer who's like this podcast is ad free thanks to... that's a good guy and then and then you can hear their uh, that
2: their... would be uh i think andy bowers oh is that who that it. is I, that is who he is if I you've listened to like voice. many 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 announcements by him yeah he he's is... the one
0: that tells you they're about to to use curse words i like that too <laughs> that's the, someone should make you know i found what, i found like Coach a 10, what, a ten what put hour, you over the? What, what put me what, over the edge
2: yeah, like why, like not I've actually been on it for a while, um, but I' was just curious, like, what were you like, yeah, what put you over the ledge to do it?
0: I don't know i I just thought like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't re- I didn't really even have a reason. I have to after.
2: say, I could speak right now for the Slate marketing team and the product management team and uh-huh. the sales team. they're like pretty they're pretty excited about that endorsement <laughs> they are they are updating their uh, slides and their customer quotes right now. Yeah. Michael Cote says, not sure why I did it. <laughs> It's
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think I think afterwards, I I, uh, I mean, one, I feel like you know, I should pay for it because cause like, cause I don't like GDPR and I also make podcasts, so like I should do that. And then <laughs> uh, and then sometimes like what they talk about in the after show is uh, is interesting. Like you know, I think I think the year before last, I went to a similar source as you did to get HBO, and I found uh, a, a Slate Plus feed that I could get everything from. So I listened to it for a while there. But, yeah, but then also, actually, it's really nice not to have ads. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's delightful. Uh, I don't know if it's delightful, but it's interesting. And, and then it's also, but, it, but then it's also distracting because it's kind of the way that, like, you know, when you're in, uh, in, in a, not, a country that doesn't have a lot of TV advertisement and you find yourself for some reason watching a reality TV show and you're like, why do they keep repeating the same thing over and over again back to back? And it's because they pulled the commercials out of it, and, and you don't realize uh-huh. that they have to do that. And similarly, like I was listening to the uh, the cultural gab fest, and every now and then there's this weird recap or like, well, now let's talk about this, and you realize there would have been an ad there, but that's fine. Yep. And then uh, and then finally, uh, this morning when I was having my uh, my shower after three days or however long it was, <laughs> I uh, I listened to the the most recent Pod Control or CTL podcast from from the Red Hat folks. pod ctl that's right and they explained uh registries in kubernetes and why it's not just built in and things like that so it was great i I love that podcast for just like we're just gonna pick this one topic and explain it to you because fuck all has been happening in the news this week Uh, so that's that's a (laughs) good good evergreen topic I'm hearing we need a uh, an explainer podcast. Ooh, explainer. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, this. launching
2: soon. Uh-huh, Software yeah. defined talk explains. So, <laughs> there's no way we could do. There's. Let's be honest. Uh, there's no way we could keep it to. Uh, because I think Brian Brian Gracely does that right. Like mm-hmm. he does a very concise thirty minutes and uh, he runs a tight ship. We don't. We don't have that kind of uh, discipline. So yeah. uh, we're, we're not even. We're not going to pretend that.
0: I I I, f- I feel like he must have like a plan. I, I think maybe that's what his secret is. <laughs> This, I like
2: it. All right. We'll have him on. I'll have him on as a, we'll interview him about his secrets. Uh, and, you know, we can learn them. We'll be secrets. To do That's all right. He'll, he'll give it up. I'm
0: sure. <laughs> you can use your, your <laughs> slick persuasion.
2: Yeah. Like I'll just ask him like, what do you do? How do you produce these things? And he'll, he'll tell us.
0: Yeah. I've, I've, I've been to the pragmatic product marketing class multiple times. So I know how to extract information out of people. <laughs> <laughs> Just I don't even need to inject you with anything. Well, on that note, as always, this has been Software Defined Talk. As mentioned many times, you can find the show notes for this episode at softwaredefinedtalk.com. You can go directly to them if you go to softwaredefinedtalkcom slash 144. And, uh, you know, thanks for listening. Uh, it's been nice. See everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye. anymore we're riding stop
1: it you're talking crazy